Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Summer vacation, here we come. Yep, I packed the craft beers I got at Total Wine. Did you remember a bathing suit? No, but I did pack a bunch of summer wines. Whites, rosés, Zinfandels. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. My name is Dave Hannity and there will be no encore. Welcome to episode 83 of the No Encore Music Podcast. I've had a pint. Cullum O'Regan beside me has had four pints. <laughs> you can't tell. Craig. He's uh, in great form. Craig, I'm straight from college. This, but, I'm professional. But you, didn't, uh, you, you had your drinking already, didn't you? Yeah, this my week. class are actually currently at Dicey's, I believe. Stop so. fucking. <laughs> of course. I am they not, are. though, so you can't give out to me. Bleep that out. <laughs> Legitimately, please bleep that out. So, Cullum, what went into the decision to come to the podcast uh, sozzled? Uh, hosting a guest from Norway for the day. You have to really. He wasn't drinking, apparently. <laughs> I think he was. Was he? Possibly. Uh, a little bit. Okay. Well, yeah. well, okay. Well, I've had one, so I'll, I'll try and be the voice of reason. Craig, you presumably. Didn't, you don't rock a hip flask to college, I don't, do you? No, not yet. Uh, maybe semester two. Weak. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, let's get going. We have a lot to talk about before we even get to the news. Uh, I'd like to start the show by. with, uh, you know, I'm going to stand up tall on Correction Corner. Oh, Good Dave's issuing a redaction. I made a mistake. I think I made it a couple of times now. Uh, I've noted that Wolf Parade, a band that we talked about on the last show, reviewed the new record Cry, 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 and we thought it was very good indeed. They're playing a gig in, in Dublin, but I got the date wrong. Oh. I kept saying it's on October the 20th. Turns out it isn't. Got the month wrong. Got the entire month wrong. They're playing on November the 20th, which means it's good news because Cullum gets to see them now. Yeah. Because Cullum won't hyped, be yeah. here next week. He won't. He'll be sunning himself. <laughs> Uh, in the Mediterranean, on his holidays. Right? I think he's already uh, on his holidays a bit. A <laughs> to be fair, yeah, Lisbon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like Watford at the end of the season. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, he's phoning it. <laughs> so the good news, though, is that on October the twentieth, Wolf Parade aren't playing, but 
it means that we get to go and see Elaine May, fresh from No Encore Live too. Elaine Yay. May is headlining the Workman's Club on Friday, October the 20th, and I'm very much looking forward to catching her. She was not so from, good. Yeah, real. not from the side of the stage this time. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. was excellent from our vantage point, and I know she went down a massive hit with the crowd that turned up to our live show. Thank you again for coming to our live show. And I'm looking forward to seeing her rock the Workman's. But... She's not the only person who's going to rock the Workman's Club before the year is out. Is um, Am I right, guys? Is that right? We're going home, baby. We're going home. <laughs> yeah. We're going home. It's not No Encore Live 3, though. What no. is it? It is the No Encore Quiz of the Year. Quiz of the yeah. Year! Okay, Dave is so hyped. Right, am I right in thinking you're more hyped about this than the live shows? <laughs> I am so hyped you're for this. you big quiz guy. I've hosted three quizzes in yeah. the last uh, ten months, I suppose, mm. yeah, with you guys. Not even. Craig missed a couple of them. I did, unfortunately. Um, the one I attended for, was amazing, though. Cullen was there for all three of them. Of course. So how would you rate me as a quiz master, Cullen? Uh, pretty damn good, yeah. Thanks very much. I put a lot of work into it. And we're going to put a lot of work into this. This is the No Encore Quiz of the Year. You can get your tickets now at, uh, what is it again? No it's Encore no Quiz. noencorequiz.eventbrite.ie. That's noencorequiz.eventbrite.ie. It's Thursday, December the 7th. In the Workman's Club at about seven or half seven. Um, half seven. Half seven. So uh, what this means is there'll be prizes. It's not just us having a jolly. Tickets are a tenner per head, 35 euro a table, maximum four people a table. And you get to hang out with us and we get to shout questions <laughs> at you so lucky. for about, you know, two or three hours or whatever. How do you feel about sharing your Quizmaster duties? Do you think you'll be able to, like, relinquish a bit well, of see, control? see, this is the thing. This was Cullum's idea, so yeah. I have to give credit where credit is due. <laughs> Not only was this Cullum's idea, but Cullum has come up with some very, very innovative ideas for the quiz. We're oh, going yeah. multimedia on this. He's always pushing the envelope. Oh, it's going to be wild. <laughs> going to be wild. Okay, so if someone's like, I like the live show, I don't know how I feel about a quiz, like, what, what are you guys going to be talking about? It's a pop culture smackdown essentially and we'll be focusing a lot on music because we're a music podcast so there's a bit of a music question quota in there but we'll also there'll be questions it's all about 2017 all questions about this year so you know some still to be written of course and we'll be looking at a little bit of sport a little bit of television a little bit of film but mostly music I would say Mm -hmm. and I think you know the questions will be fun to figure out we are hard at work at making them as interactive and innovative as possible you've you've vetoed my Pete Doherty poetry round do you want to try and explain that now (laughs) because I didn't I didn't understand what you were talking about in the group chat so no neither did I really Uh, one more time it was just a joke one more time December the 7th Thursday Workman's Club no encore quiz dot eventbrite dot ie a tenner per head 35 a table what I would say is uh, limited space so tickets are going to sell so you know we hope it's a full house I think it will be it's going to be a really fun night I actually if you thought I was nervous at No Encore Live 2 forget about it man I adore quizzing it's great be in this element I'm going to come into my own Uh, (laughs) while we're plugging our live uh, appearances uh, Galway of course on November the 4th at the end of the National Student Radio Conference we will be in NUIG, if you want to pop along. Cullen will not be drinking four pints before we take well, the stage at half you say four that. in you the afternoon that. or whatever it is. It's an <laughs> afternoon show, mate. You've got to be a little bit professional. I don't know what else there is to do in Galway, Still mate. the daytime. Uh, <laughs> hey, Either listen, way, yeah, at least he fair. showed up. That's all I can say. He did show up. So <laughs> that's Galway, yes, uh, 4th of November. Lots happening, man. Uh, Craig, how's college? College is um, actually terrifying. Because we're being piled on with projects and stuff, and I'm like, what have I done? But quite good. Thank you for asking. If you're listening, lecturers, <laughs> give the man a break. Yes, thank you. Cut me some slack. There's only so much ways he can go. <laughs> now, uh, before we get to the news, I went to a gig. Oh, tell Hot. us more, Dave. I went to the sold-out night two of Dermot Kennedy in the Button Factory. 
It feels like a venue we won't be playing, you know, probably again or mu- for much longer. Craig's um, right. As yes. a matter of fact, he's announced the Olympia for January oh, right. as part of a fresh tour. Uh, for anyone who hasn't heard of this name, you're going to because he's fucking blown up. Um, Irish singer-songwriter. Hasten to use the word troubadour because apparently that's a, a word that should be on the way out, way out or at least reserved only for Fionn Regan or Bonnie Iver. Sure. So, uh, yeah, he kind of trades in that kind of style, though, and... He's a bit of a big deal. He's signed a deal to some UK and American outlets. Zane Lowe featured him on a show. Taylor Swift put him yeah, on a playlist. Yeah. He's millions of plays on Spotify. And I was in a room full of adoring fans. Now, I want to say that on night one, which was the night of the Ireland-Wales game, uh, Kev Lefty of Red Enemy fame. And Leakslip fame, uh, more importantly. Shout out to Leakslip. Hometown. Do you Represent. Wanna, do you want to say it? The big lip. Hiller, Hiller. Scum, scum. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, we did it. <laughs> so, yeah, Kev, who was guest on the show before, he was present for Dermot Show on the Monday, and he messaged me saying, it's got a terrible crowd, people are talking, people are doing Jaeger bombs, it's just you know, cauldron of noise, as the Button Factory can be, and I've experienced it myself. But when I went there on the Tuesday, thankfully, it was a much more gracious crowd. I think that was down to you? I'd say so. I think it was down to him rocking a backwards cap. Oh, for the entire gig bro if you like, can pull that look off fair play because I can't well I assumed it was coming off after one song nope you know he carried it off but Ooh. no I really enjoyed the show I think he's got something about him and I'd say watch this space yeah interesting also he kind of burned through the hits three songs in well I say the hits like his new single and yeah. the two yeah. songs that I knew going in Right. but he managed to keep my attention for about an hour so there you go it's a good sign it's an extraordinary rise for the guy because I first came across him when he was literally invited up by Glenn Hansard to play a song at a gig in Vicar Street when Glenn Hansard himself had never heard Dermot Kennedy play before Dermot oh, Kennedy yeah. had barely had a gig. Hang on, it almost sounds like Glenn Hansen gigs are like freewheeling, wild, <laughs> control, no structure to them whatsoever. You know, well, you know what? That is absolutely <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely true. But I guess it's proof. You know, stop clock tells the right time twice a day. Uh, <laughs> when he invited Dermot Kennedy up there, he really impressed. He just knew him from busking on Christmas Eve. Okay, and therefore got him up on the Vicar Street stage. Turned out the bloke could. Uh, you know, make his way around yeah. the tune. And, and refreshing that it's not Glenn Hanser just impromptuly getting up onto a stage. Didn't he, <laughs> you know I mean? didn't he ramble for four hours? Oh, didn't he didn't ramble? Did you see his album cover for his new album? Yes. Oh, it's so good. He looks like a Dickensian <laughs> chimney sweep. sweep. What the fuck? How did he uh, sign off on that? Like, I don't know. How did he ramble? How did he ramble? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's get to the news. Uh, sure. Like we said, quizzes, gigs, all kinds of stuff happening. So do remember that. In the news... Uh, I guess we should probably start with uh, not clarification corner, but we talked about Anthony Fantano yes. of the needle drop on the yeah. last episode. Now Craig had been kind of saying, I think that this hit piece in the fader, as some have called it, might be a little bit kind of two plus two equals five. Yeah, Anthony Fantano has responded to the claims that he is in fact a secret alt right <laughs> champion yeah. with a twenty two minute video on YouTube, which I think we've all watched. Yeah. And Craig will now attempt to summarise. Well, it's very comprehensive how he kind of dismisses the arguments that are brought up in the Fader piece. And it really does seem like a lot of very tenuous connections were being made. And it does come down to, I think, what we were saying where a lot of what he was doing on that channel was kind of probably ham-fisted satire, but certainly just a kind of, you know, him discussing meme culture and it wasn't really meant to be that serious. And he also addresses things of just like, well, actually, do you know what? Like, I was just throwing stuff, stuff up on it. It wasn't really getting that many views. It wasn't making that much money off it. Um, it was a pretty comprehensive kind of dismissal of this article. And, I mean, we've talked about how we're ma- massive fans of the guy, but I have to say kind of like he did it in a very kind of calm, collected way. And I 
believed him. I was just like, yeah, this this wasn't a well written, well researched. I feel like I should like, just uh, reiterate there: uh, not massive fans. Of the guy no, no, I'm not sure that that came quite out there. <laughs> We're massive fans. We're not massive fans. Needle drop. I found him quite obnoxious. Colin, what do you think? I mean. Again, it goes back to the argument that I was making last week about incompetence. I think, like, even in his defense, he hesitates when he's describing some of the videos as funny. And, you know, like, they're just not funny. It doesn't mean that he had, like, massive amounts of offense. He very clearly didn't. But even he sort of recognizes that there was a failure at some level in what he was trying to do with some of those. I mean, like, there's bits of it that I don't absolutely buy. I don't buy the thing of, like, you know, it's nothing to do with the rapper, it's about the fans. And frankly, if that's true, then that's somewhat objectionable in my eyes as well. Because yeah. I don't like anybody ever taking aim at the fans rather than the artists themselves. But at the end of the day, I mean, like... It was just clearly taken so far out of context. But he has to recognise that's going to happen. I mean, he's so, you know, entrenched in internet culture. And he owned it when he was like, oh, the one thing this article correctly did was call me the biggest music journalist in the world. <laughs> so he, like, he didn't even shy away from that. He, like, he used it as a kind of a cocky point of view. Yeah, but at the same time, when he's talking about, like, you know, oh, such and such was taken out of context, and you're just like, yeah, but, mate, like, you're the one who's just talked about packing memes like 10 to the minute into yeah. your videos. The one thing I would say, You though, know how this is going to be taken out of context and dragged the one towards thing I would whatever say that, political that, that agenda someone good has. does look good in his favour is that like the article had been edited about three or four times after the fact. Yes, yes, yeah. Toned down quite a bit from the initial things that I had actually read myself. And that does not look good and does also speak to the current culture where it, the rush to be first. Uh, although it did sound like this person was working on this feature for quite a while. Ultimately, it's a case of like due diligence and, you know, it's it speaks to modern day, like, I, I, I don't like, the piece itself is a takedown. Like, I mean, like, it's designed it's, it's to take down. It's poor journalism. Um, yeah, but there's good journalism in there as well, I think. I mean, like, it just seems like. So? I, th- I think they botched their own. Yeah, they kind of missed their own open goal here, really. And they actually managed to give him more ammunition. I don't think. He's, I, th- I think they they set out to vilify him and then just used whatever means possible, even if sure. they were half And I don't or, think that know. Anthony Fantano is like a racist. No, or neither or do I. Whatever. But, I, like, you know, I think it's just that he's a bit of a dick. And <laughs> But ultimately, yeah. The, That's the, not a crime. But I think people. Pieces like this need to be ironclad, and this one wasn't. And yeah. He managed to use that to his kind of advantage, I suppose. But then again, I know, Colm, you're saying, like, uh, you don't want to blame the fans. At the risk of, you know, getting swatted by Fantano's crew, his fans are kind of not, not, <laughs> not great. Oh, no, but, like, he, he he was never talking about his fans. He was having a go at, like, you know, the fans. No, the artists, like, but that's fans, what I'm yeah. saying. Precisely, no, no, that's yeah. what, what I'm saying is Fantano plays to a gallery now. For example, it's like Kermode and Mayo, the film podcast. I used to listen to that years ago and I loved Mark Kermode as a film critic and I, I like reading his writing now but I can't stand that show because along the way that show became this bloated mess It's very self-congratulatory In it's, which film you know, reviews take up about 10% yeah. of it and the rest of it is this horrible interaction with this like mouth-breathing fan base and it's just like fuck and, and once they realise well that's our audience they play to the audience so Fantano sure. was obviously doing the same from a certain point of view but ultimately yeah I think as Craig you know and yourself all of us kind of were like well look you know I don't think he's you know a fucking about to like launch a clan rally or anything yeah. uh, I still think he's obnoxious but ultimately yeah it was an interesting kind of storm in a teacup really I suppose yeah, yeah. and one expects that the uh, accompanying website to the needle drop will either now blow up or just disappear <laughs> Yeah. Well, someone who is no stranger to controversy or controversy, 
depending on what part of the world you're from. Whether you work for Sky Sports News or not. Is, is Eminem. Eminem is back in the news. Yay. A lot of people are hailing Eminem as a bit of a champion of free speech and, you know, good things political, I guess, because he blasted our good friend Donald Trump, who I keep trying to not mention on the show anymore, in a freestyle that was aired at the Black Entertainment Television Awards. Yes, I believe so. Let's have a little snippet of it. Intensity's heightened. Tensions are rising. Trump, when it comes to giving a shit, you're stingy as I am. Except when it comes to having the balls to go against me, you hide them. Because you don't got the nuts like an empty asylum. Racism's the only thing he's fantastic for. Because that's how he gets his rocks off and he's orange. Yeah, sick tan. That's why he wants us to disband because he cannot withstand the fact we're not afraid of Trump. Walking on eggshells, I came to stomp. That's why he keeps screaming, drain the swamp, because he's in quicksand. It's like we take a step forwards, then backwards. But this is his form of distraction. Plus, he gets an enormous reaction when he attacks the NFL. So now, a friend of No Encore, Joshua Hughes, who has guested before, and well, hopefully again, has said and made a cogent point, which I guess beat us to the punch, in that he reckons that if this wasn't about Donald Trump, people would be like, well, this is a bit crap, isn't it? Well, of course, yeah. But- and, and and also, if it wasn't Eminem, people would say it's a bit crap. I mean, listen, I'm sorry, right? Straight away, guys, I have to just call you up on the fact that Eminem has tried to rhyme the word orange. Oh. Right, yeah. now, you would presume that in Rap Battle 101, like, your first lesson is like, hello... My name's Mr. Young. You can call me Dre. Nothing <laughs> rhymes with orange. What about door hinge? No. I didn't know. <laughs> it depends how you say it, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing rhymes with orange, and Eminem has already made the if worst anything, mistake If anything in the world rhymes there, with orange, please tweet at No Encore Show. Syringe, I think, is a close But here's the thing. You think, like, in this, you know, at this stage, at this point in Eminem's career where he's not really making great music, but he has become, like, so intensely kind of involved with rap as an art form, and he'd be like, well, this is the perfect setting, him just freestyling. This should be amazing. This is, like, where he's most comfortable. And... It's kind of just cringe, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's very sloppy. The punchlines are kind of feel like add-ons that are. It's very. It's extremely clumsy. First of all, I must say, the beard that he's rocking at the moment, or the stubble, that is drawn on, right? <laughs> he looked like he was wearing makeup. Like he looked like he was yeah. wearing a lot of makeup. Like he was like done like a bit like a clown. Yeah, but his beard looks like you know the bad guy from um, from Popeye. You know, with just like you know, seven oh, right. sprouting <laughs> hairs. Well, some people head. said that he looks like Mariah Carey when she dressed up like Eminem in one of her videos. <laughs> I think it's a song Obsession, maybe? And they put up like a side-by-side, and I was like, oh my god, they're not wrong. Also, it's a bit like, oh, he's calling out Donald Trump. In a car you know, park. Yeah. <laughs> in a car yeah. park. With a posse behind what, him. What's his end goal? Like, at one point, it sounds like he's literally like, come on, Donald, like, rap against Step me. Step into the cipher, <laughs> yeah. like. He was also kind of saying, like, you know... I've got fans who I guess like Trump and I'm going to make it real easy for you. Fuck you if you're not with me, blah, 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 blah. I mean, this might be like great if it was in the late 90s and Eminem was genuinely shocking to some people. We talked about Marilyn Manson on the last episode. Like, he just put out a video with Johnny Depp for Say 10, which again, you're just like, well, look, no one's going to be surprised by this. No one, like, no, nothing shocking yeah. anymore. You so. see, this is the thing, though, because, like, who's he really aiming this at? I don't think it's at sort of like young rap fans. I think this is Eminem realizing that. Right now, the people who think he is shocking, the people who think he is, you know, newsworthy and, you know, completely radical, 
are the sort of like 40 and 50 year olds who witnessed his rise close to 20 years ago and still think he's the cutting edge of cool. And you think he's deliberately now being like, well, this is my audience, well, this is my... I'll put it this way. I mean, like, when you see people like, you know, Keith Olbermann and stuff saying like, you know, oh my God, I'm, I'm suddenly a rap fan. <laughs> oh God almighty. <laughs> and yeah, because, because frankly, Eminem was the last major rap star that he's heard of, like. Now, he hasn't listened to... To, to pimp or ball he's not going to do well at the 2017 no encore quiz of the year guys yeah, no, no, no he, he doesn't know how rap culture has moved on but Eminem as a mouthpiece yeah actually connects with a very different audience you see I don't think Eminem has that level of self-awareness that he's like well this will get me in with this demographic oh, I think I, he's I just ne- like I'm going to go after Trump I agree with yeah. you I don't necessarily think that this was a sort of a calculated move you I took think the word that this is mouth. just how yeah. it's worked out I don't think it is calculated but the one thing yeah. I will say about this is now Pitchfork put up a thing today where they were like Eminem's thing might make you roll your eyes but it's important yeah and now I didn't now I didn't read past the headline so I I can't talk about the article but what I will say about this is like with that basic sentiment I would agree and I think he is genuinely pissed off and I think it is important that we're seeing these protests in the NFL and we're seeing an awful lot of people major celebrities and like you know people who are like kind of very very top hardworking journalists sports stars across the you know the whole thing there's never been with America at least not in my lifetime something of this magnitude where people are so unwilling to take it lying down. Yeah. And I actually believe Eminem, conviction-wise, I believe him in this freestyle, which I don't think is great. Oh, without a shadow of a doubt. I believe he yeah. believes everything he's saying. I don't think he's it's, doing it for it's numbers. It's the execution. Or, yeah. yeah. And even, like, the content. But, like, oh, and, and again... <laughs> the content and the execution. No, but... I, Basically, but, just like his hoodie. No, <laughs> that's what, I, what we're saying. What I'm saying is, I, I just believe that, I believe that he's pissed off. I, I sure. believe he's genuinely moved to oh, do yeah. this thing, even if it's a bit sloppy and a bit, you know... Can you fucking blame him? But that's what I'm saying. Not Like, not everyone's doing it. And I kind of feel like the more this happens, the yeah, more... You know, well, like you, you say this, but here's the thing. I mean, like YG literally released a track called "Fuck Donald Trump." Mm. Does it get any of this sort of recognition and notice? No, but Eminem do, is do, still that's like the iconic. Thing. Exa- exactly, yeah. exactly. Mainstream he, figure. He's yeah. this icon, and 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 as well, I should jump in and say, like, I will preempt at this point. I imagine there will be a thousand thing pieces by this time next week talking about how it's a white rapper who's got this sort of recognition. With black guys in the background who don't say anything. That's a bit odd. Oh, right, yeah. oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I absolutely agree that it's not. That stood out like a sore but thumb. It, but it will happen. <laughs> it will happen. Okay. Yeah. Are you going to write one of those? Absolutely not, sir. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, I hope the likes of Kanye and Kendrick and Jay-Z will do this exact same on such yeah. a high-profile level. Sorry, speaking of Kendrick, did, uh, did we all get tickets to that gig? Are we going to do it? <sighs> no, nope. no. I believe you might be going, though, David. I'm going. God damn yeah. you. <laughs> but, okay, look, if you guys are upset... That we that you guys can't join me at Kendrick Lamar. There's another rap sensation coming to town <laughs> next year. The return of Return the Macklemore. 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 Oh, yeah. I said it about two episodes ago. I went, oh, you know, if that gig happens, I'm there. Yeah, yeah. we're all going. He can't get enough. Come on, I we, think we, we should. played it. Down. We knew the gig was happening. No, Hashtag we knew we were going. As <laughs> Hashtag well. Dave does Macklemore too. <laughs> oh. Um, yeah, well, anyway, returning to the news, one act that you can usually count on to kind of remain apolitical is Maroon 5. And apparently they've they've trying to, to like stay out of this kind of all the controversy at the moment. But they stumbled into um, essentially, OK, their new album is entitled Red Pill Blues. Mm-hmm. 
And they don't seem to have realised that this term, obviously, from The Matrix, has famously or infamously now been co-opted by men's rights activists completely and awful people. But, but, and I'm sorry, but that's a completely misused. It's like that well, yes, film. Yeah, because right? yeah, they're like, you know, oh, we're, we're woken up now to the truth that women are awful human beings or something. But like, first of all, right, the lads who cling desperately to The Matrix as this kind of anti-woman propaganda, are they not aware of the Wachowskis? Yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah, that's a very good point. What the fu- <laughs> how, how does that piece of information get past them? Like, Oh, you know, that's just a footnote. No. Are you kidding me? And also, I rewatched The Matrix recently. It's just a really good sci fi film. <laughs> like, it's not this kind of treatise on of course it men's isn't. rights. Like, what the f- Where, How did this happen? Well, clearly, Adam Levine just agrees with you that The Matrix is a really good film, and he hasn't been, like, aware of anything going on in the culture for the last two years. He just hasn't <laughs> hit Google, has yeah. he? I mean, they, like, this is the thing. Like, how, how do you title your album? something like this and not realise that it might have some other use. Well, th- yeah, this is the thing. You I t- wouldn't fucking put an article out with a headline <laughs> until I'd googled various, like, yeah, well, changes even just, in it to see if it would hit something yeah, else. Yeah, like, even if you weren't being cautious, but, you, like, you would think that an artist would check to see, oh, well, has there been another album put out like this? I don't want to double up, you know, I want it to be an original thought. somebody in their yes. corporation that I presume they have yeah. would be like, uh, lads... I mean, the, the band have released a statement and they said the band is shocked that this has even come up. Shocked? <laughs> shocked! At this time. Like, like, and also, like, the artwork itself, it's not, the artwork is very plain and generic. Yeah. It's not even like an image on there. They can easily change this. Plenty <laughs> yeah. of time. They're not going to have a problem with the printers. Yeah. Now, if they've some moves like Jagger style jams on it, all will be forgiven, I think. Moves of Jagger is a tune. Yes. Payphone's all right. Won't Go Home Without You is great. You're a big fan of that. It's a great yeah, song. Yeah, yeah. It's no moves like It rips Jagger, off but. the police hardcore, but it's yes. very fun. Uh, some of their songs, though, I mean, like, you know, She Will Be Loved. It's a bit... You know, what? Yeah, that's, that was their big breakthrough Yeah, single. I know, but were you no, said, making an argument for it? No, I'm making an argument against Oh, sorry. Okay, sorry. Love, I'm wrong. This okay, Love yeah, yeah. was their breakthrough single. Oh, okay, well, She Will Be Loved was definitely from that record, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like second or third. It's a very forceful pop song. I don't know. It's certainly not what Katy Perry would call purposeful pop. Nor are Maroon 5, who, quite frankly, you know, I'm shocked they're even still a still a going concern, but I guess there's still enough fans out there, I guess. I don't know. They're quite Let's, big. Yeah. Aren't they? Like, I'm not well, that shocked. They're, they're doing work. They're, yeah, they're yeah, right. At some level or another. Um, rounding out the news agenda tonight um, for three men who worked in a music magazine around the time of the Garth Brooks saga. Oh, this yeah. was great. There is cold sweats. <laughs> Thinking about the possibility that Noel Gallagher's appearance at Sound Festival and indeed the Sound Festival. Liam Gallagher. Gallagher. Or God, Liam Gallagher. Oh, Noel would Big not trouble. be pleased with Big that. Trouble. <laughs> yeah. He meant Liam. Noel, <laughs> would, Noel wouldn't turn up because he doesn't care about the fans. Um, oh, oh, oh. Shots as you were. Massive statement. <laughs> as you were, LG. <laughs> <laughs> the Sound Festival, yeah, under threat by uh, residents' actions, basically. Pitchforks um, at the ready. But this is such a bizarre setting for a gig. It's Western Airport, which is actually just up the road from Big LXP, my hometown. So these are probably neighbours of mine. All right. <laughs> they formally objected. You're going to go down to your dad doing a sign. <laughs> um, we don't actually have a verdict yet, but yeah, there has been a court challenge to uh, drink and dance licences. I didn't realise you had to have a specific dance yeah, licence. Yeah, you do. Yeah, it's very specific. No, it's actually very specific. Yeah, it's it's more to do with insurance than it is the actual licence itself. So it sprains an ankle. 
I guess so, yeah. You see some of the shapes that'd be thrown at Liam Gallagher again? You couldn't uh, be? Yeah, so. either way, yeah. Um, the Cole, I'm sorry, the... you referenced Garth Brooks there. I remember, mm-hmm. I'm sure we all have our own versions of the story, but I remember one day in particular <laughs> when I was writing a news story about the Garth Brooks situation and it was changed about 97 times while I was trying to go off and work on other stories <laughs> and I had to keep going back into the fucking hot press CMS, which, by the way, is a mess. And I was like, okay, right, I'll just change this now. And then I was like, oh, this new thing has come in and this person's made a statement and, oh, the editor of the magazine has now put in his own two cents and, oh, can you go back and change this one? And I was like, I want to throw myself out a fucking window. Yeah, no, it was it was extraordinary. It was. And what's more, though, like this suggests they just learned nothing. I mean, why this court case is coming before the courts? At this state, yeah, you'd think like, this would all be taken care of. In yeah, mid-October. It's very awesome. For a gig on the 25th and 26th of October. Well, we reached out to Hot Press Magazine about their practices and they didn't get back to us, so I just don't know. I just don't know. But what I do know is that Cullen was just very excited. He wanted us to get to Songs of the Week. Yes. Because the yeah. charge of Songs of the Week will be led this time by Noel Gallagher and his high-flying birds. He's still rocking that weird name. This song is called Holy Mountain. That's Holy Mountain by Noel Gallagher, and I said on Twitter that I thought it was a very brave choice of him to release a Slade song <laughs> oh, that's a good show. as his new uh, single. But I've heard I've had other shouts too. Uh, I've had, uh, I, I guess, friend of the show. I've never met him, but uh, he seems like a nice dude. Uh, Sean Cabina, I think that's okay. his mm-hmm. stage name. Seems a good lad. If you're listening, Sean, your shout that this song sounds a lot like the vaccines was, I think, pretty spot on as well. And I saw one other comparison doing the rounds. Well, uh, it reminds me of Saplan Pour Moi. That's the one. Yeah. yeah. But obviously Big not time. nowhere near as good or as fun. Or, but know, Noel's yeah. very happy with the song. He says his kids love it and the kids will love it. <laughs> well, are we still the kids? No. Do we love it? No, I'm definitely not. Uh, <laughs> no, we're definitely not the and kids. And I definitely Damn don't it. love it. <laughs> no. It's pretty bad. I don't think he's ever sounded worse. The comments on this, by the way, the YouTube comments on this are gold. It's really? Noel Gallagher fans infighting. <laughs> Because like, people well, are really, reacting really badly to it. Yeah, yeah the, it's the like civil war. People are like, you know, this is the worst lead single he's ever put out. This is terrible. This is absolute garbage. This is awful. And then in the midst of that, you also have people being like, you know, he's fucking real. And he's having fun. Leave him alone. We all said the first thing of his last album was terrible, and then we loved it in the end. Noel's the only real musician we have left. You know, blah 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 blah. And like, it, it, just look at the comments. Like, it's it's amazing. It, it, it's a a gated community <laughs> of idiots. This is the thing. I'm having mean, like, a go I, at each other. Yeah, I mean, like Noel Gallagher occupies the space the same as like you know jk rowling does and what she does or and and a couple of others no in that like the fans are just worshiping anything they do yeah even if it completely contradicts something prior they just go oh okay you've changed your mind that's perfect yeah we go with that the beyonce method i believe yeah like this i mean you see i'm on record here on this podcast saying that like i am so sick and tired of Noel Gallagher coming out before he released an album saying like this is going to blow your minds it's a complete change yes, up yeah, and then yeah. it never is he's been saying that since the 90s like yeah, yeah. But, but but to be fair this is a bit different now it's not good <laughs> but it is a bit different at the very least I will give this album a play to see if there are moments where it works 
and when he does get, like, get adventurous, it usually like pays off for him. Like there was a couple of tracks on the last record, the right stuff is like a really good groove to it. Like he he is capable of kind of getting outside the meat and potatoes thing. And he's doing tremendous. On that, uh, he's tremendous on that corner shop song, Spectral Mornings. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, corner yeah. shop, by the way, maybe the most underrated band ever. Just putting it out there. Listen, I talked Great to band. a band once who worked with uh, Amorphous Androgynous, or yeah. Yeah. That's yes. Yeah. 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 I had to I'm check that it was the right, that one. I can't believe <laughs> the right order there. there. Yeah. Well done. Well done. Once told you a band who worked with them, and they said they heard a couple of the tracks that Noel Gallagher had made with them. But he always uh, says probably, that. He always goes, amazing. "Oh, this other project I have is amazing." Album. I'm, I'm never going to put it out though. No, but they said, "You know what? It's actually pretty good." But he got cold feet. He got scared. Well, he he kind of justified it by saying, "Well, actually, what they did was they just took my work and made it their own record, and I wasn't having any of that." Like it wasn't well, mine. Okay, like, at, like, yeah. at this point, what I would say is, I mean, and like for example, we've we've said it before about like Ed Sheeran, for instance. I'm sure Ed Sheeran could go and be in like a fucking post-hardcore band. Like musicians who have a certain level of talent and skill can always can turn their go and sure. do something yeah. completely yeah. different. But obviously, they get to certain points in their career where they can't realistically do that because the fans are, need to be so. It's same but different, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, Fair yeah. enough, I understand that. There's a level of solo composition at the same time, though, that's very difficult to do. I mean, like... I, I don't sh- think Ed Sheeran could write a post-hardcore song. I think he could. I mean, why couldn't he? Yeah. Why couldn't Noel Gallagher do it? Because he's a sap. But <laughs> I think it's just because they're scared, man. Or, or, or it's just like, you know, well, I have to serve this fan base and I can't... Uh, like for all we know, there are fucking like recordings in their respective studio vaults that they have that they're like, well, I can never release this. Sure. Yeah, and I'd yeah, love maybe. to see those sides of them. Like, granted, I know what Craig is saying. Craig is like, well, look, you know, he's slightly trying something different here, but what he's trying here is still very safe. It's still very, it's still very British glam rock and roll, and it's just like it, it does sound like Slade. I'm not wrong. It kind of no, it's, it's, it definitely does. It's not as fun as it should be. I if think that it's makes fun. sense. I do, do think you? it's fun. I mean, like, I, I don't think it's good, but I do think like I, I, look, was, I didn't enjoy it. Like, I mean, I think he's stuck between stations in that respect, though. I had no like, problem hitting repeat on this, but there's a, but there's a it's good. <laughs> there's a bit too much radio focus for it to actually be sort of adventurous, but then slightly too much. You know, well, frankly, too much adventure is flattering. Whoever put the but fucking some, a little bit too different. Whoever put the be fucking, like, oh, this is a good pop. The fucking song. whistle flourish on it used to be <laughs> yeah. shot out of a can. Is it a recorder or something? I think it's a. Rec- I don't know. It's a very yeah, marching it's band. I don't I, know. I like the fact the album this is from is called "Who Built the Moon." Yeah. So is he one of the like we add him to the musicians as conspiracy theorists? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I reckon. You know the album. This could be the most experimental thing on there. I'll give it a go, but like, yeah, yeah. this is just bad. Let's move good. on to the next track. It is Sam Smith. Oh, good. Tune called "Pray." <laughs> Sounds like this. I am still here and I'm still your disciple. I'm down on my knees, I'm begging you, please. I'm broken, alone, and afraid. I'm not a saint. I'm more of a sinner. I don't want to lose, but I fear for the winners when I try to explain the words right away. That's why I am stood here today, and I'm gonna You think you've heard Sam Smith? Welcome, Sam Smith with hi hats. Yeah, 
I mean, it's very odd, this song, because it's Sam Smith doing his thing and then Timbaland doing his thing over here and they don't really meet. <laughs> like, there's, it's, it's certainly not up there with Timbaland's glorious golden collaboration with Run Republic. Oh, you Thank see, I, you. I know you two love... Apologize, Apologize at you. Oh, That's man. a great song. It is. It's the, an amazing the, song. <laughs> Yeah, uh, love it. That alone, uh, yeah. I'm out. Well, I'm you've, out. T- you've Timbaland again, kind of doing, you know, like kind of bird noises at the start of this. Or, or, like that was more sea- of a seal noise, I suppose. On- I think that this <laughs> is the best use of Sam Smith. I think he actually does a good impression of the soul singers that he's obviously very enamored with on this one. You think? But he's still doing an impression. Yeah, like, I'm course. not willing to give him a gold star here. See, but it's- I don't. I, I don't think he sells the kind of uh, maybe like the sensuality or something that a lot of people Tim Land has worked with and like his most interesting work that kind of wink and a nudge and that kind of edginess to Tim Land's best stuff I mean Sam Smith is not that person this to really is, sell it like yeah he seems impervious yes in the worst yeah. way possible as in like there is no one else's influence or no one else's collaborative energy that seems to adjust what Sam Smith does hmm. he has one note he has one tone one approach and by God, he's going to use it. It doesn't matter if Timbaland is doing a beat behind him. It doesn't matter if you bring in brass bands I and an orchestra. On that one. I disagree because Sam I Smith. think that he was boxed in effectively on this one, and that's the point. I think the last song we had, Two Go To Goodbyes, whatever, was too big, too airy, too expansive. This was like, at least put him in a house, and I thought it was <laughs> okay. good. I think it's a good song. Really? However, I mean, when you listen to that bridge and the sort of like stressed vocal gymnastics of it, but that's the point. He's a bit stressed because like someone has actually put a fucking roof on him for once. And that's kind of what I found slightly interesting. Now, granted, that doesn't speak very good for him as an artist. I, mean, that I enjoyed him being constrained. And what I would say is I came away from the song being like, oh, I wish like Michael Kuanuka was singing on this or something. I think he'd do a much better job. Yeah, yeah. Sam so Smith the, will the always have the, the Sam song Smith problem. Sam Smith. There yeah. you go. Yeah. He, like, so go on. Uh, Craig, you, you did say that you, you wanted to have a, have a go at this one. So I, I just, I can't. I can't abide <laughs> Sam Smith. You can't sanction his buffoonery. I really can't. And um, Timbaland, I mean, I, I know he released, um, he put out a mixtape, a kind of solo mixtape, about a year, maybe two years ago now. That aside, I think he had a Rihanna kind of production on Anti. He's been doing very little, and this is just like, it's such a far cry from how boundary-pushing and brilliant he was. And as I said at the start, I mean, I just don't think... Well, uh, it's actually an interesting point, Dave, you make about it, like maybe this boxing in or even recontextualizing Sam Smith, but it just, it seems too separate for me. Like, as, as Cullen was saying, like, it just didn't change anything about the whole Sam Smith thing at all for me. And uh, I didn't even think it was a good song. I just didn't like it. Didn't like it. Okay, fair enough. I think it's a three out of five, but at the same time, it's not going to trouble my songs, the ear list or anything. Up next, um, Son Lux, who we've never featured on the show before, I don't think, and he's no. a very interesting experimental producer. His new song is called Dream State. State. 
this. This I liked. I think that yeah. Song Lux is a very interesting guy. I think he's excellent at world building and being very expansive, quite yeah. the opposite of what we were just saying. He did an EP, which is a remix of his previous record. I forget the name of it, but he brought in Lord for a track, and I thought he used her very effectively. I thought they worked very well together. I can't really get a beat on this guy, you know, as a personality, but I love what he's all about. I love his his soundscapes, if you allow me to use such a pretentious word. He's very, very good at this. The wordless hook on this could be really annoying because it is that trope that we've heard a lot in pop music and it's, it's ever so slightly a bit Imagine Dragonsy, but everything going on around it is so fractured and almost disorientating. It's really, really interesting. Um, and I think that's what makes it work. And like, it, he's obviously so indebted to like hip hop. There's elements of trip hop there. Um, and so I, it hangs together somehow. And yeah, I really liked it as well. I thought it was a great song. Yeah, it was Alternate Worlds was the EP that you were talking about with uh, Lord's feature. I think that at least old Arcade Fire would be standing up applauding this. <laughs> this is... Do you think because he's managed to also nail the kind of epic pop scope of it as well? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and I think it's what they kind of tried to do around like Reflector and, and, and that sort of time. It's like, it surprised me though, like to, when you see this on Spotify, it has edit in parentheses. And I suppose in one sense it makes sense because it doesn't necessarily flow as you would be expecting. But then again, like the glitchiness is used yeah, as a weapon throughout the song 100%. anyway. So so it's not like, you know, you're getting whiplash from the effect or whatever. Um, this was really enjoyable. Yeah, I thought it was great. It's excellent. He's just very, very sharp. And like, yeah, the non-edit, I presume it's for radio purposes, runs at about five minutes. And I found myself like two and a half minutes in. The song almost comes to a full stop. And you're like, yeah. oh, yeah. That was that was great, and that feels like a really complete work. And then all of a sudden, it takes a little breath, and then just essentially does what it did before. And yet, it doesn't feel like you know Repetitive a, a sandwich or, or like something or... being folded onto itself. Uh, he's a guy with an awful lot of ideas, and this one manages to both be that kind of weird, opaque, you know, art or like art house kind of yeah. thing, while also being a bit of a club banger. Like, like yeah, very yeah. much so. He pulls it off. Another group that used to, at the very least, have a lot of ideas and yet still make club bangers. The Go Team are back. This is called Semicircle Song. So, full disclosure, I was absolutely amazed by the Go Team when they first arrived. I saw them live a couple of times. I thought Thunder Lightning Strike was an incredible record. Fantastic, listen. Haven't they broken up like six times? One of them. Well, it's one of them. You see, this is one of them in the Hot Press chat room at Electric Picnic one year. You see, here's the thing. Okay, look, it's really, really, the Go Team is a one man band. Yeah, Ian Parton is the Go Team. He he came up with the idea in I think like his parents' kitchen is when he actually recorded that first album. Yeah, and it it basically also led to the stage where they were a completely different live band than they were on record. Because they had different vocalists and they had different musicians, and there were obviously limitations in terms of how many tracks they could use and blah 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 blah. They lost their way, I think it's fair to say. 
does this show any signs of getting it back on track? Well, he's talked about this, like this song being unlike any other song they've done before, while still retaining that kind of goat team feel. And I think that is fairly true. I mean, it's not necessarily what I expected. It's still that primary coloured, you know, um, goat team thing, but it's not as in your face. It's it, there's a bit more room to breed. It's a bit more kind of playful, um, as opposed to just racing out of the traps. That said, I don't know if it did a lot for me. Um, this to me felt like the American version. Are the American or Canadian? Are they American? American, yeah. Okay, this felt like the American version of Lost Campesinos, who I like, but I felt like, I guess you guys not loving the Lost Campesinos record that came out this year, uh, some kind of weird mirror. English, they're, 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 yeah. they're, yeah, they're from Brighton. Are they? Yeah, they're from Brighton, yeah. yeah. I'm sure I know, American. right? Yeah. I'll tell you why. It Brighton. sounds like a fucking cheerleader's well, pep well, this is what I'm going to say, uh, because they got a song called Huddle Formation, yeah. which was used in my beloved One Tree Hill back in the day. Oh. So naturally enough, I just assumed they were American. Dave and I have been deep in the One Tree Hill chats for the past <laughs> week, by the way, bizarrely. I hate One Tree also, Hill. Also, we're called Hillers, mate. Hiller, Hiller. Scum, scum. And also, just brief aside, if you want to join us in our journey through Aaron and Sorkin's oh. terrible, awesome the newsroom. Uh, terribly awesome, yeah. Uh, myself, We're doing it right now. myself, Cullum, and Josh, the aforementioned Josh, are all re-watching, re-hate watching the newsroom. <laughs> yeah. Craig is. I, I think I'm going to dive in this weekend. I've got a first, bit of a break for from the work first and I'm gonna, time. Yeah, I think. And uh, shout out to Dahi, who's uh, currently off in France writing his new EP or album, I guess. Yeah. But I think he's making time as well to get a hate watching, uh, hate rewatching of the newsroom. I'm looking well. forward to it. It's a fascinatingly compelling, terrible show. The newsroom. My so terrible. God, it's and awesome. infuriating. So anyway. no, in this song, right? There's a point where they all line up pep rally style. Mm-hmm. And one of them goes, hey, 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 I'm such and such. But the way that she says it is exactly how Taylor Swift says it on Shake It Off. And yeah. I was like, oh, oh my God, yeah, Taylor Swift has managed yeah. to actually co- copyright a, a, a delivery of a thing. That's all I can think about when I hear this. Uh, this is lightweight and fine and whatever. Yeah, lightweight's about right. I guess yeah. if you're a hardcore fan, you're delighted to have them back. But it did nothing for me. Yeah, I unfortunately agree. Like I say, I How are they not American? <laughs> I just don't know, yeah. man. They are actually English, yeah. And I mean, what they specialised in was that like crazy high energy pep rally sort of stuff that can um, get a bit exhausting. Well, it can, <laughs> but you know what? Like in on that first record, at the very least, like they managed it. They yeah. turned out a, a, an album that was superb. Like but, I say, they kind of lost steam and lost yeah. their way somewhat, and. Yeah, this does not suggest that the tide is Okay, look, if Craig thinks that upbeat, super pop, marching band stuff is draining, how will he feel about the return of (laughs) Sufjan Stevens? The monster showed his face This seven-minute song is called Wallowa Lake Monster. There he is there, the, the, the party starter himself. Well, to be honest, I feel like playing like a 30-second snippet of the song is almost do the song quite a disservice because it's it's kind of a novel in seven minutes. Like There's a lot yeah. going on here. Now, this comes from uh, The Greatest Gift, a mixtape comprised of unreleased outtakes, remixes, and demos from the Carrie and Lowell sessions, mm-hmm. which comes out uh, next month, I think. Yes, I think you're right. Now, this song uh, I thought was... A masterpiece. I thought it was brilliant, and I've I've only heard it like about five times. Say, so I'm hesitant to put those massive words on it, but like this took me away. This was like 
quite spellbinding and in a way that only Sufian can do, I guess. And obviously, you know, like he's got to know what time of year he's dropping this song at, like sure, you know, yeah, trees yeah. falling, yeah. Uh, like leaves falling from trees, and like you know, like darker evenings and yeah. all that kind of stuff. And never want to be a little bit more cozy and warm. This is this is beautiful. I agree with you. This is a fantastic song. I wonder if. And this sounds counterintuitive when you first say it, but was this song just too good and too complete to be put on Carrie and Lowell? Because it almost tells a lot of the story of that entire record. In one song. In one track. Yeah. And so I don't know how you'd actually place this on that album where it wouldn't just completely overpower the more sort of nuanced tales that the rest of the songs represent. Uh, that's a really good point but the fact that it was unreleased up till now is just like a testament to the man's fucking oh, ge- do I dare I say genius like, I mean yeah. he's incredible and yeah he's one of those musicians or one of those artists where you're just instantly kind of thinking of comparisons to like novelists and he's so as you say Dave it's, it's like it's this it, like, it tells an incredible story the outro is splendid as well oh, it's just which is also yeah. literally like, epic as well yeah, it's, really bri- like, it, it's briefly hinted at about four minutes in and then it comes back for the last too and it's incredible and it has echoes of Father John Misty's uh, so growing old the magic man yeah fantastic that kind of you know Vangelis style synth coming in yeah which you know should be jarring and shouldn't marry with what's come before but I think in both those cases the author of this is so in tune with what they're doing so confident and so just the belief here is incredible because I guess they lived it I mean I, I this is exactly it yeah I mean like and, and yeah we'll come to this topic a little later in the show but when you have absolute confidence in what you're doing because it you know comes from the heart legitimately yeah it's yeah it's, it's an it's easy that thing line to carry from, off uh, it's that great line of of many almost every line in, in the film glengarry glen ross is great but there's that bit where al pacino says uh well your man's like i don't know what to tell the cop i don't know what to tell him and he goes the truth always tell the truth is the easiest thing to remember yeah it's very true really. and on that poetic note that was Let, beautiful, Dave. Thanks, man. <laughs> Wipe away a tear. Let's welcome back for our final song this week, our boy. He's been interviewed on the show, and yes. we featured him many a time. Mm-hmm. Hamilton Lighthouser's back, and he's brought Angel Olsen for company. This song, which came out of nowhere, is called Heartstruck Brackets Wild Hunger. Close brackets. <laughs> <laughs> Did you like that, Cullum? Okay, Top so, <laughs> uh, yeah, this came out of nowhere, and much like with Rostam, I'd be up for a full collaboration of this. I really enjoyed it. Now, Cullum, you had a pitch problem with this song before we get to the actual song itself. I think it's actually literally just the version that I got on my phone. Cullum's ears are too well-tuned for this kind of lark. <laughs> just sounded like Angel Olsen was clipped somewhat. And it was, like, frankly, that impacted my enjoyment of the song and I was really really disappointed because I think this is very very good indeed I think she is a really good foil for him because she injects the sort of theatricality that is basically his bread and butter and you know it's Hamilton Lighthouser his voice can drown out 
most of the yeah. instrumentation, never mind a guest. But she kind of holds her own. And as well, I mean, we said a couple of weeks ago that there was signs on Rostam's album that there was a hangover from his working with Hamilton Lighthouser. Looks like the feeling's mutual. I said before, it's like I'd be very happy for Hamilton to do another album with Rostam or go off and collaborate with others and just do his entire Hamilton Lighthouse's world music adventure extravaganza, which is what he appears <laughs> to be up for doing. Well, which, I think it would be Hamilton Lighthouse's walking tour of New York, really, wouldn't it? I'd, I'd sign up for it in a heartbeat, <laughs> my friend. Uh, I would take a whole album of this. I think I agree with what you said. They, they complement each other very well. This is a gorgeous cinematic stroll, and I loved it. Craig? It's, yeah, it's kind of brimming with passion. Um, of course, Hamilton just like knocks it out of power. I'm not sure I was quite as on board with Angel Olsen's contributions in terms of I feel like he kind of could have just gone alone, to a certain extent. No, um, she brings something to it, but I'm not sure it is really all that transformative. Um, so it, it seemed like she was a bit of an add-on. Craig's, that was just my takeaway. Craig's not one for gender uh, representation, <laughs> yeah, I guess. That's, so. it. that's what I'm saying. <laughs> no, I know what you're saying. I mean, like, like, it is a simplistic song. And yeah, I mean, like, does it need a partner on it? Not necessarily. No. And she's definitely more of a supporting actor on this one. He does take the lead. And yeah, I, that's kind of part of the reason why I would like to hear more from this pair because I had never put them together before. I never thought of this no, as, no, a, no. As, a, as a tag team. So now that I've gotten this taste, I'm like, I'll take a full album. You know, if, if that's what you guys want to do. If you're listening, guys, three men in Dublin, and I'm sure a lot more, would enjoy a collaborative album from the pair of you. So here, here. get on it. And if that doesn't have them doing it, nothing will. <laughs> in terms of albums that we do have to judge this week, Kalela finally with her debut full-length effort. We've heard a couple of the tracks from it before, but Take Me Apart has finally hit shelves. This is LMK. Yeah, uh, long awaited, I think it's fair to say. We first saw this lady, well, you two did. I was getting bullied by David McSavage. Uh, <laughs> Forbidden Free 2015 was, uh, was it in fact your Irish bow at that time, I think? I believe it was, yeah. Uh, could stand corrected, but um, yeah, I, I was kind of aware of her for a couple of years, even at that point. She'd put out the Cut For Me um, EP a, a couple of years beforehand, and it blew me away. Um, we got another kind of mixtape slash EP a couple of years ago, around about that time, but it's been very kind of like a drip drip of stuff to really kind of get us, you know, gasping for more, to be quite honest. It's yeah. been very long awaited, as you say, and um, for me, I think this is like, it's been worth the wait. It feels like that kind of Sampha thing where she's bided her time, she's come back, like she'd come out with a really kind of complete immaculate st- grand statement I think mm-hmm. and yeah I'm, I'm digging this I'll be honest I think this is way beyond Sampha's sort of patience yeah. and restraint and so on and so forth I was stunned to read after listening to this album that she is 34 years old hmm. which I think for one is a very very fresh break from the sort of idea of oh my god we found somebody who can sing Get them an album quickly, you sure. know, shove them out at 18 and, and, you know, releases just peppering people's 
socials and, and radio and so on and so forth to, to just try to make them a star. But what's more, it feels to me as though every moment spent waiting, on her part at least, has built her confidence, has built her sort of armory in terms of stories and in terms of the wealth of emotion that she can pump into a track. And what has resulted from it is something incredibly special. I didn't know her age uh, until you just said it there, and ordinarily that wouldn't matter here or there, but I actually am not surprised to learn that she's 34. I mean, to look at her, yeah, you'd be like 25 or something, I don't know. But I mean, like ultimately what I would say is this feels very, not only does the album feel quite lived in, but it does sound like someone who, whether they're writing a novel and they're writing it one chapter at a time over the space, space of four years or something, yeah. they're not in a hurry, even though they might be desperate to have it out there and done, but at the same time, it just means that all of those chapters mean something. They make a lot of sense. Because obviously, you know, the old cliche, it's a truism, I suppose, rather. You know, you put an awful lot of yourself into these things, mm-hmm. and particularly your first proper shot in anger. So, yeah, I mean, that like, just listening to that, I was like, yeah, well, that just makes an awful lot of sense based on the resulting material. Exactly. Yeah. And what's more, like, we, we talked a little while ago, or at least I made the point when we were listening to, I think it was Selena Gomez at the same week as Kaleida and I was just like I don't believe Selena Gomez when she's singing Fetish sure, yeah. I believe Kaleida this when feels she's really this. lived in yeah. yeah and so like when you get to tracks like Enough on this record where she's talking about like being the other woman yeah you can tell this isn't like you know Jesse brought someone else to the prom or something. This is legitimate emotional baggage. I think, I, so I think to speak. that's on a double love the Sweet Valley podcast on the Heads <laughs> of Podcast Network. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, ultimately, she did an excellent interview. I must say, actually, while I think of it, with the Quietest with Taro Joshi, which everyone should go and read. Very, very interesting. Very deep dive. She seems like a deep thinker and someone who is also crucially totally unafraid to bear all, whether it's literally on the album cover of this record or whether it's on the song's subject matter themselves. And it's amazing how she can do that with something like, we heard there, let me know. And like that's pretty much just about, hey, look, I'm out. A guy I'm hooking up with, are you out as well? Drop the act, let me know if yeah. you want to hook up. Whereas you have a lot more deeper stuff as you get along with, with, with the record. And it's that level of kind of conviction and just the ability to step into these songs. Because, yeah. you know, I, I, I've been slagged off by a couple of people for, for this phrase that I use on Twitter when I said that this album is gorgeous musical quicksand. There was no slagging off. It was a beautiful turn of phrase. But it is. <laughs> like, I sang into this record. I was yeah. like... Yeah. I, and I listened to it as well. I mean, I, I went home uh, for the weekend, last weekend. Something I do quite rarely, and I don't terribly enjoy doing so. So on the bus home, I threw on uh, my new headphones, which I've also been getting slagged about uh, for getting a pair of swank new headphones. And I just sank into the seat. And I was like, I don't want this bus journey to end because I'm actually going somewhere with this record. And I also really enjoyed that, like, you know, in the first track, Frontline, you have a thing where, like, you kind of have this kind of non-diegetic sound or whatever, or, or, like, you kind of have this background noise, like, someone, like, even, like, putting the alarm off on a car. Yeah. Yeah. And ordinarily, I'd be like, wow, what the fuck is that doing there? But this genuinely felt like the start of a night. And uh, unlike Lord's album, which was meant to be this concept album, like, one wild night in which all the emotions are felt, I thought that was trying so hard so unbelievably hard to show you how red she is and what an English major and all this kind of crap whereas I got none of that from this I got complete and utter authority and 
uh, authenticness, I suppose, if that's a word. Sure. Authenticity. Authenticity <laughs> is what I meant to say. Thank you, Colm. Can't put a good man down after four pints. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, this is you a... You your best to put me down for the rest of the fucking show. This is a terrific record. Yeah, I mean, the word I would kind of... I keep returning to is, like, novelty in the best possible sense. There's so, like... Sonically, there's these really novel kind of twists and turns. Every time she could, and it's a genre where you can easily step into cliche, she somehow avoids it. And you're con- there's little nice surprises along. It's never the kind of thing she's going, you, know, you think she's going to do. And, you know, it's... Sorry, go No, no, I was going to say, on that point, yeah. uh, what I would say is that, like, this is an album that manages to actually nod with deferential respect to 90s R&B. I was yeah. about to say Without there is... just being like, oh, yeah. that sounds dated. There is sprinkles of Janet. There is sprinkles of, like, Ali, yeah, I thought. Yeah. Um, I mean, even it, Mariah Carey at times. Yeah, but she's, kind of ve- she's so much her own thing. And it is, like, she feel, it feels like she's carrying, like, a torch for that, you know, melodic kind of gold rush of the you know, of 90s R&B. But underneath it, you have this production which is constantly shifting and contorting and it just reframes the whole thing. And I, she's kind of what we were maybe hoping Cassie would end up being yeah. before she just got disinterested in music. Yeah, the other thing that has to be said about all this is that, and, and Kalela's on record herself saying that she thinks that the producers anchored the album. Um, long-term collaborators, um, Arca and yeah. uh, Jam City from, from Night Slugs are basically the two who are responsible for, for the majority of this record. And anchored is the perfect word here because... It feels as though she, lyrically and musically, can kind of twist and contort whatever way she wants as long as the core of that tune is there and the producers have managed to do that. Vice versa, she can be quite straightforward and and, and quite, you know, direct on a song like Truth or Dare, but the producers can create something far more shape-shifting around her. I was going to say, though, that uh, I think bedded might be a more appropriate word because if Alan Partridge was reviewing this album, I think he'd be like, this is basically sex music. <laughs> it's it's high-concept make-out music. <laughs> oh, is it? Is okay. Is, is I have that written down. Is that, what they're, uh, is that what they're teaching you in college? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I thought it was yeah, like... Yeah, it's part of consumption studies. I thought it, <laughs> I th- I th- I thought it was interesting that she had um, Romy Madley Croft of the XX sure, in here yeah. as a co-writer because it kind of reminded me of how at the very start of this year we heard an XX album which lyrically and vocally was kind of classic songwriting but Jamie XX had brought this immensely fresh feel to it. There's a little bit of that here as well. I think you were you guys might have been more enamoured with that record than I yeah, was. Yeah, I really like it, I have to say. I think it's um, good, but I thought that the best standouts on that was actually a song like Performance, where Romy Madley Croft was singing about the, the death of her parents. So it was that kind of thing of, like, that lived-in thing again. I sure. mean, like, and she, like, she's amazing. Like, like, she's probably the standout part of the XX for me. And, yeah, with this, I mean, a song like Blue Light is fucking incredible. Yeah. Like, and right. that, as Craig is saying, that, that kind of shape-shifting, like, just song arrangement where it's constantly contorting and constantly moving around you and... Just the confidence of this record is magnificent. I mean, everything about the execution is is so strong on this uh, one. Yeah, and what's more, like there, there's a song second to last here, Bluff, which is just it's one minute, it's piano ballad, yeah. and it's legit. It it's almost challenging you of just like, do you not buy this? And honestly, if you've been through the other twelve tracks, I would challenge you to, you know, not buy into that as well. Yeah, I mean, I was going to talk about some of Arca's contributions because, uh, you know, stuff like Enough and On and On, 
I think that they're the moments when she really f- seems like she kind of becomes unmoored from her influences and does her own thing. Like, they're these kind of, like, almost disembodied productions and she no longer sounds like the sum of her influences and I think they r- really work well together. What's striking is that we keep pick, pick all, like, individually picking different moments, which is always a great sign. Yeah. Um, it's just a fantastic record, I have to say. And it's that rare, wonderful moment where... It's as Craig kind of alludes to there. It's everything is in tandem. Like yes, she's never yeah. lost. Oh no, they're never lost. It's a pretty strong union. And again, taking your time over the record, there's something to be said for it. There you go. I mean, like ultimately, I hope that she it doesn't follow up this one too soon. Fuck yeah, um, because it's just so strong. So yeah, I guess I mean we're all pretty much gushing on this one. Uh, scores. I'm doing it as nine. Ooh. Ooh. I'm going to go 8.5. I'm going 8.5 as well. But it's a very strong 8.5. Yeah. This is one of the albums of the year, for sure. I think it'll be in our top 20 at the end of the year, which uh, we will be oh, doing, of course. Day. Well, you know, who knows, man? Who knows? <laughs> I'll fight you suspense. if it isn't. It's been a... He's getting aggressive. He's getting violent. He's getting He's getting Larry. It's been uh, a long year, so don't forget that when you come to the quiz yes. on Thursday, December 7th, no encore quiz at eventbrite.ie, we'll be talking about albums like this, so if you're a regular listener to the show, you might have a leg up in people, who knows? Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, Kaleidos Take Me Apart gets high marks indeed. Other things you can listen to this week, I've been listening to a lot of stuff, so uh, I'm going to try and get through this as fast as I possibly can. Uh, I did an interview with uh, Horror, or as they're also known, Ho999. Oh, nine, 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 nine. <laughs> Back in the day for this podcast, I finally got around to writing it up because they're doing a new tour in the UK. No Dublin date, though, lads. What the fuck? Was it something I said? Probably. But I wrote, it up for, uh, I wrote it up for Drown Sound. So as a result, I went back to United States of Horror, which was out this year, and it's a terrific album. It holds up a few months later. I've been, I want to give another shout-out to the Wolf Alice album, Visions of a Life. I know I mentioned it last week, but we didn't review it simply because it kind of flew under our radar at the last minute, and I don't want it to get lost in the shuffle. It's a terrific work. And we also have coming up... Uh, oh, before I get to that, sorry, there's an album, uh, there's an, a band... Uh, a group twin sisters they're called uh, Ebay Ebay yeah yeah Yeah. the album's called Ash Cuban sisters I believe the album's called Ash and it's uh, I threw it on only last night for the first time because I saw a lot of people raving about it and it definitely lives up to the hype yeah they're very enjoyable it's a very unique patient strange listen yeah I caught them at I think Longitude a couple of years ago and I mean frankly it was one of those things where you could tell that the talent was there and the tunes weren't Obviously, by now, the tunes have caught up. Well, so. the album, as I say, it's called Ash, manages to kind of get maximalism from minimalism, which I've found very, very impressive. Good. And what I will also say is, The Revisit is coming back. Uh, the reason it's been so sporadic lately is because it's just quite hard to tie a lot of people down to a recording session. So we have 1998, Revisit 1998, coming up very soon, possibly next week, with albums from Ash, The Brilliant Trees, Therapy, Sinead Lohan and The Mary Janes. We recorded that episode the other night. That'll be out soon. So lots of stuff there. Craig? Uh, I've been listening to R.E.M. and Motown. There's two tips for you there. Check out those guys. <laughs> They're going to be big. It's been real comfort listening. I've been stressed. But uh, yeah. I've given a spin to the new Stars album. Um, there is no love in fluorescent light. It's released today as the podcast drops. It was streaming on NPR for the past week, which is where I found it. And uh, yeah, enjoyable. A little bit hit or miss, perhaps. But frankly, that's always been Stars' way. And... You know, uh, even if they miss every now and then, when they hit, for me, they are one of the best bands at just capturing genuine human emotion. And I'd be yeah. curious, uh, I know you're a fan, so I'd be curious for a Star's Best Of playlist. Oh yeah, very much so. Get, get on that. <laughs> Give it a go, so. Take Me To The Riot, The Night Starts Here. Yeah. They're all great. Well, Your Ex-Lover Is Dead is maybe my favourite 
like I said to you the other day, I'm really annoyed right now that it, I blanked on that when I was doing top ten. Oh, listen, those lists, by the way, the more and more I think about it, it's just ah, like, yeah. what? Throw that out. Start another podcast then, why don't you? Yeah? Sure. Burn <laughs> the master's tapes, Eve. <laughs> okay. Sign us out, Dave. I will sign us out. Thanks, lads. And uh, we're coming to Galway, 4th of November, as part of the National Student Radio Conference, open to the public, I believe. Tickets are a tenor. Check that out. And yeah, I guess that's the end of all our announcements for this week. Closing us out this week, new Irish music. We have played Alva Reddy in this position before. Uh, she has a new song called The Tube. It's very good. It sounds like this. My name is Dave Hanrady. This has been No Encore. There'll be No Encore. Here's the song. Bye-bye. I gave up on you guys to be honest like. oh for fuck's sake what? 
Andrew, this one should be fairly Andrew tight Duffy in a good way. I think. Yeah, no, no, yeah, should be fine. <laughs> like a <laughs> don't, don't, don't. <laughs> like a seventeen-year-old yeah. bottle, oh. bottle of whiskey, bottle of oh. seventeen-year-old bottle of bottle of scotch. <laughs> All right. Can't wait for Eve's episode. Uh, episode this. I can't wait for Eve to episode this. Can't wait for her to edit this. I had one point. This is- <laughs> <laughs> I'm absolutely starving. I haven't eaten since yesterday afternoon. That's 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 insane. Sorry, I had a banana this morning, but yeah, that's it. That's that, that, that's almost as bad as not eating at all. <laughs> well, what? How does that work? It a bit of potassium, man. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Did I say MLK? Yeah, LMK. Shit. Do it again. Yeah. <laughs> Going all the way back there, Eve. Cheers. All right, Stop it, you boy, go lay Leave it. Fuck's sake. This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Summer vacation, here we come. Yep, I packed the craft beers I got at Total Wine. Did you remember a bathing suit? No, but I did pack a bunch of summer wines. Whites, rosés, Zinfandels. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.